Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week uh, is back with me here at a familiar location. Just about a year ago, I was sitting here with bookseller Rick Morgenstern. In fact, sitting at this very table in the cafe of Morgenstern's, the second iteration of Morgenstern's. But I'm here with someone who might even work harder than Rick at this thing. Uh, so I hear, that's what the people say. <laughs> I'm with Morgenstern's investor and self-described leader. She's not wearing a uniform, uh, but uh, she is uh, doing a lot of hard work here at Morgenstern's, Sam Eads. Sam, thanks for being on Big Michael, Talk. it's so nice to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm going to guess that without Sam Eads and her husband, Todd, uh, they came into this uh, as a team, as it were. Morgan Stearns might not be here. Well, I, I think probably the way I like to, to describe it is that it was a serendipitous moment. We had the idea of opening a bookstore, but also we decided... You know, just a couple of weeks before Rick Morgenstern put out his op-ed in the Herald Times. Yes, he, he uh, after uh, the, the big chains had left Bloomington and there seemed to be an opening, mm -hmm. a, a, an opportunity for a new bookstore to come along, he put a letter in the Herald Times saying, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And people told him what they thought. They did. There yes. you go. And when we saw that, we thought, oh, here it is. Right? And the timing was just auspicious. It was amazing because, you know, my background, I'm a nurse practitioner and I graduated from IU in 2005 with my nursing degree. And um, my husband went to school. He, he did his undergrad here as well. And so he's a doctor. He's a physician. Yeah. Yeah. A neurosurgeon, I understand. That's what he does. Yeah, All that's right. His specialty. Wow. Yeah. So, and we we um, worked together at Riley Children's Hospital. That's uh -huh. where we met. So we didn't meet in Bloomington. We both just experienced Bloomington as, as college students. And um, you know, he was in the Air Force. He moved out to California. Um, we we all did when the kids were young, and lived out there. And we we came back to Bloomington. Decided to resettle here uh, about seven years ago. So we've both been working here in Bloomington for the past seven years. You were working as a nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. Okay, so everything should have been good. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was working in the emergency room. I also worked for Volunteers in Medicine. Wonderful place, primary care clinic. At Sung Park was the nurse practitioner there. When she retired, she asked me to, to take over the primary care part, which was just such a blessing. I was such a privilege for her to ask me to, to do that. And um, I did there for a while. And what was brilliant about Volunteers in Medicine, for anyone in the community who remembers it, is that it was mostly run by volunteers. Uh -huh. And there were a core group of people who, who kind of held it together. But you had people from every medical specialty who would spend a little time a week there, or maybe a month, they'd have a clinic. And there would be people from the community who would volunteer at the front desk. And you'd have like just sort of this amazing interaction of community. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was, it was a dream working there. It was really wonderful. What I, what I decided to do was to go back to school and get my doctorate in integrative health. 
because I could see this working in real time. Our, you know, our community and the, the people in healthcare here had built it and it had sort of evolved into this, this wonderful clinical space. Now, very briefly, integrative health means? Um, integrative health is, it's a, it's a branch of medicine and nursing where you're looking at the whole person. Uh-huh. Right, so, so you are not only diagnosing and prescribing if needed, yeah. but you're also thinking about what's going on in their life, uh-huh. right, and their interpersonal relationships. Hmm. It, all of that has to do with health. Um, and, and there are different ways that we as humans are our best selves. Yeah. So integrative health incorporates all of that. Right? So I, I decided to do that in January of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> Talk about health and medicine. Right. And the world shut down in, in March. Uh, so I was home with our two kids. We have two kids who are 11 and 13 now. Oh, boy. And so we were all going to school together at home. Todd was still working in the hospital. I don't know if you knew anyone in healthcare in those early days of COVID, um, but I certainly did. And it was, it was really difficult, I think, on a lot of people just to have, you, all of a sudden you have to change the way you practice in yeah. very significant ways. And you have all this fear and uncertainty and people have, you know, have died here in our community from it. And so, I keep on hearing these reports from nurses who are taking care of emergency room and on the floor patients and they're dropping like flies and it's just, it's tearing them apart, right. you know, emotionally, psychologically. Absolutely. Yeah. So as someone who was outside of that, because I was back in school, uh-huh. but having friends and my partner experiencing that on a daily basis, I, we sat down, Todd and I, and just had a conversation. And I said, what, if you could do anything, what would you do? Right? Just trying to think of something that would be like his light in that situation. Right? Hmm. Something for him to kind of hope for so that it was, you know, a little bit of play, yeah. I guess. And it was an open question. If you could do anything, what would you do? You weren't trying to push him out of the business. No, not yeah. at all. Right. Just more like hoping. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know? And um, he thought for a minute, and he said, I would open a bookstore. Get out. And so I said, okay, great. You know, I've got my thing. I'm, you know, I'm doing this doctorate. Why don't, why don't, you, why don't you explore opening a bookstore? And I'm here to help if you need it. Not two weeks later comes the op-ed from the Herald Times. Wow. Yeah. And it was Rick Morgenstern saying, you know, I used to have this store here in Bloomington. And when the big box stores pushed me out, I went out of business. Now that they're gone, if there's anyone in the community who would like to reopen my store with me, I would love to hear from you. And Todd saw that and said, look, look, I said it and look at, look, here it is. The gong was going on. Exactly. So it was very serendipitous. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so, so we all got together and um, as it has evolved, you know, you ask if I'm a manager. I'm not. I'm, I am... A nurse. <laughs> right. So. But you have a lot, you have a lot of responsibilities here. I, I hear talk. Well, I'm here to, to watch and help. Yeah. That's my role. Yeah. And this is a startup business. You know, there's, there are a lot of moving pieces. And so I think what's exciting about celebrating our first year. Which um, was yesterday. Which was yesterday. Well, we're, we're recording on Wednesday the 27th and the actual birthday 
-hmm. of Morgan Stearns is the 26th of July. That's right, yeah. And, you know, last, last July there were people lined up down the block right. to come in the first time. How magical is that, right? Like just the community support of this place has been... I bet you felt good about that. Oh, it's, I mean, and yesterday too. We yeah. just have, we have, there's so much energy around this place. Um, there's so many people who care about this. You know, a funny thing is, I saw a quote by you. Now, you were talking about studying for your uh, doctorate mm -hmm. in integrative uh, health and healing. And then you said that having a bookstore played right into that. Here's the quote by you. It felt like an integrated and healing vision to me, the bookstore. A place for connection and healing. And, and it's brilliant because not only do we as individuals make all of these amazing neurochemicals when we read a book that help us repair the cells within our body and it helps heart health and it helps cognition, right? We but don't even need a prescription. We don't even need a prescription. You don't need an appointment. It doesn't have to be approved by insurance, <laughs> right? You can just choose. You can come in and, and it helps. How? Um, well, I think, you know, when you, do you have a favorite book? I have many favorite books, which I reread. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel when you read them? Uh, there, yes, there's a feeling of, uh, could be elation. It could be sadness too. It, it, it just it it spurs the emotions, which can never be bad. Yeah, and it helps you, right? On sure. some level, it just yeah. it, it makes the world more interesting. Yes. Not only with a bookstore do you get that, which you can get that when you order online, but you get the opportunity to explore a space where someone else maybe has a different favorite book, but they like what you like. Yeah. And you can have a conversation about that. And then all of a sudden you have a new friend. That's right. Right. And so it's all about creating those in, in a very organic way, in a very individual way, but creating those, those opportunities for people to, to resonate with one another. Now, what's happening with your medical career then? So that's on hold. Mm -hmm. that Does did, this make you sad? Um, well, that's a good question. This, there's only one nursing school in the country who has the degree I was getting. Oh. And that's the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. Oh. And so the nursing program up there is phenomenal. The woman who runs it is is just top notch, and their team it's it's just it's one to keep an eye on. This doctorate has been around for ten years, so this is very much on the cutting edge of nursing, which is a it's a storied discipline with um, you know a lot of really amazing innovators. That degree is going to be there when I have the opportunity to go back to school, hmm. but I couldn't be in two houses at once. So if this is a brand new startup that yep. needs a lot of attention, then I, for my wellness, need to be here to help until it's on, it's on its path without me. Let's go back to Todd, your husband, mm -hmm. saying that it was his dream. Yes. Yet, who's here every day? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah, it turns out he didn't want to run a bookstore. He just wanted to go to a bookstore. 
and he's he's very busy. You know, he has a he has a full practice. I would think can't be a part time neurosurgeon. So that's right. We're partners. You know, we're we're partners for life. This was something. I think it was something he spoke out loud, but it was something that we both treasure immensely. I mean, we we were married in a library. We love to read. Wow. We are. It's it's part of the fabric of our lives. So if I need to pause my ambition on the academic end to help facilitate what's here and now and real, then I'm going to do that first, right? One of the things that Rick Morgenstern talked about when he wanted to open a new store was that it wasn't just going to be a store. Here are things. Mm -hmm. Here's the cash register. Now get out. Community center. Yeah, Rick and I see eye to eye on a lot of things. So when when we first met, um, when we all together, right? So Todd and I and Rick and his wife Donna, when we met and he talked about what he had hoped for, I thought, oh, well, this is this is beautiful. And so we we work together very closely, mm-hmm. and uh, I consider him a mentor and a friend. Uh huh. So, yeah. As a community center, how specifically does it serve? The first thing that's very specific is we host local authors. We have a lot of writers in this city and just outside of it. And, you know, in the surrounding counties and throughout southern Indiana. So we provide space where people can talk about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's been really meaningful. And we are partnering with a lot of nonprofits to help create more of that connection. So, for example, Jeffrey Wollen, Jeff yeah. Wollen, um, has a book about the faces of homelessness. Uh huh. Right, and so he was able to come into the space and talk about his work, but he was joined by Forrest Gilmore from Shalom Center. Yes. And Yael Sander from mm-hmm. the city, and so you know, we. What a lineup! It, it became like an intellectual salon yes. there for an hour and a half, where community members could ask questions. Jeffrey's talking about his book, but really it's larger than that, right? Uh, so, so we've been able to do that a number of times with different topics, different nonprofits, different authors, and it's just one example of how this is a community center. And then people can come in here and get a cup of coffee, or I just had a, a gigantic mug of chai <laughs> over here. Chai, where, who makes that? Uh, Aha Chai is the company. And the woman who runs it, she's from India. She's, I believe she's from Mumbai. And, Chai um, from Mumbai. Chai. <laughs> and she, she has a doctorate in biochemistry. But when she had a couple of children and decided she wanted to be home with them, she went back to sort of what she knew was a treasured thing about home. Yeah. And so she started making chai, and it's the best chai. I mean, <laughs> chai made by a biochemist who loves chai. <laughs> you have like can you a go one wrong? of a kind, one of a kind drink. Well, fortunately, she's not a mad scientist. <laughs> but we we have a lot of vendors that way too, and that's another pl- way that we are community centered, right? Yeah. We have Scholars Inn, who there's no longer a bakehouse. So we're, we're scholars in Proxy Bakehouse, right? Like we, we feature their products. Um, Rainbow Bakery, we were able to provide Rainbow Bakery products on the east side. Yeah. Right. So, so that's also a way of fostering communities. It's just having our many vendors here. 
Now let's get back to Rick. You met him after the newspaper article. You hadn't known him before that? Correct. Well, why would you trust this guy with your hard-earned money? Especially with a bookstore, because you know what people are saying and have been saying as far back as I can remember, books are dead. Now I know that's not true, but that's what people are saying. Um, I think it's because we we both believe in the dream. Uh-huh. That would be the first answer is it's a risk. There's no doubt about it. That's right. Yeah. Um, bookstores, there's there's a very thin margin if yep. you're gonna make any kind of profit at all and and most of the time you're you're working to keep the lights on and the employees paid. And this is a huge facility. By the square footage, we are the largest independent bookstore in Indiana. My guest is uh, Morgan Stern's investor and leader, Sam Eads, who is at the store every day. You come on in here and you can say hey to her. I'm not at the store every day. You take days off? I do, and um, I have I have a few very specific roles. A lot of my work is outside these four walls. Oh. So I help organize our, our bulk order sales. So yep. for example, teachers who are in the area who are ordering books for their classroom or librarians, yep. um, I work directly with them to help get them the books that they would like and need. So that's a service that we're providing now. And it takes me outside the four walls a lot, yeah. but it's lovely. Oh yeah. my goodness. It's so you get wonderful. to meet people. Yes, yeah. yeah. And like visit kids at school and yeah. talk to them about why reading is important. So there's that. Um, so if you come in to see me, I may not be here, but I will get back to you. And I'm so happy that you've come. Where's that Sam Eads? We came <laughs> here to see her. Now you're doing a lot of work. Do you have any time to read books? I do. Yeah. What, what That's been reading? a self-care thing lately where I take the time to read. You do. And it's wonderful because I, I, before we opened this bookstore, I read mostly nonfiction. And after getting to know a lot of the young people who work here and um, sort of what their interests are, I've embraced genres I didn't think that I would. YA fiction, young adult fiction oh, is yeah. one of them. Oh, it's huge. It's so much it's fun. It's gigantic right now. <laughs> and then... You have Colleen Hoover, who just mm. came around, a TikTok phenomenon, popped up out of nowhere. And at certain points, I follow the New York Times uh, bestseller list, of course. And there are certain times when she'll have six or seven titles in one genre. Isn't that, I don't know if anybody else has ever done that. And that's the neat thing, too, is, is technology is changing the way that we interact with books. But there's also an online community. Like, book talk is huge. Mm -hmm. And it's what a wonderful way to be able to connect with people about what you're reading and what yeah. you like. Yeah. So. And a lot of uh, book clubs these days are virtual book clubs. They're not getting together in somebody's home. They're getting together via Zoom or whatever uh, platform they want to use. And they're doing it, but I, I've got to tell you this one story. There is a book out, I think it's called Somebody's Daughter. Do oh, you recognize right. it? It's mm -hmm. a bestseller as yeah. well. Ashley C. Ford. And I was talking to a person whose book club recommended it, and she read it. And at the end, she said, I resented having to read that book. <laughs> Turns out that uh, Somebody's Daughter is a story of uh, lifelong trauma and horrible things happening. And uh, I think this person didn't want to be confronted with that at this time. 
especially during these days when we're all experiencing a sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that she's an interesting example because do you know where Ashley Seaford is from? Indianapolis. No, yeah. I did not know that. And when you meet her, she is one of the most balanced and self-assured people in their 30s that I've ever met. Oh. <laughs> Person in there. She, she seems to have done a lot of the work yeah. for herself. And the book is beautiful. It's brilliant. And if you ever have the opportunity to see her speak, she was just here for Grand Falloon yeah. in June. She's the type of person who you might have treated when you were a nurse practitioner trying to have a doctorate in integrative health. Well, I, I feel like watching her speak is, I got a little treatment as well, you know. Uh-huh, it works both ways, doesn't <laughs> it? We all learn it? from each other, yes. Uh, that's interesting, though. You know, it, there are thousands of books in the store for a reason. Yes. Right, we are all individuals. Right. And so that's been the other gift, is being able to offer such a wide diversity of books yeah because we need it right as human beings the world is just so much more interesting when we have choices well as I say to people when people say to me do you like this book should I buy it and I always say you know I might love it you might hate it mm -hmm. and every book that you buy is a, is a crapshoot right you don't know yeah. in fact some uh, I have more, my favorite author in the world is Bill Bryson, mm -hmm. okay? When he came out with his memoir, I was so excited. Oh, Bill Bryson, his memoir. And then I read it, I was so disappointed. No. I, I like his books about the world, uh -huh. but his book about himself, <laughs> but that's the way it goes. Absolutely, absolutely. Who are you reading right now? The book I'm reading right now is um, The Personal Librarian, huh. and it's by Marie Benedict and Victoria Christopher Murray. I'm not too far into it, but what I understand is, is um, this is a book written from the perspective of J.P. Morgan's private librarian. So it's historical fiction, but it's rooted in fact. Uh -huh. And what's interesting about her is in, you know, at this time, at the turn of the century in New York City, she was an African-American woman who passed as white. And so it's a, it's, it's a very interesting story because not only is she a librarian, a, a female uh -huh. a woman in this um, very male-dominated academic setting, at a time when women didn't really do that. But she's also negotiating her home culture with the, the restrictions that were put on African Americans at that time. Again, here's an example of fiction that you're reading, because as you said just a few minutes ago, you mostly read nonfiction before right. this time. Right. So you're enriched. Yes, absolutely. Every day. So it's been a year. Looks like it's going to work. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. Well, you know, a lot of business, you hear this about restaurants. Uh, a, a, a huge percentage of restaurants go out of business within a year of opening. Mm -hmm. And not that this is technically a restaurant, but you are serving mm -hmm. food and refreshment. Mm -hmm. you got a few books on the side, too, that you, you can help you get through the month. Mm -hmm. But it's happening. Mm-hmm. It is happening. And, you know, it's happening because of the community, yeah. because of the people who come in here every day. 
You know, our job is to create space and so that people want to. It's, it's been really wonderful to, to put on these special events and have live music and poetry readings and Storybook Saturday. All of these excuses for people to come and be in this space. And, and as long as people keep showing up, we are we're good, right? The big talk these days is nobody can find anybody to work for them. But you got a full staff going here. Yeah. yeah. How and did we you get, do that? We get applicants all the time. It's a shame we can't hire everyone because <laughs> I think if you love books, yeah. then you want to be here. Right. You have a personal library at home. I do. Yeah. Or are you one of those people who gives the books away when you finish? I, I that also. Yeah. I think my favorite books I give away multiple times. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I have learned through moving, I don't know how many times, I used to keep all my books. And then I moved one time too many and I said, I can't do this anymore. I mean, this is, the work is moving the books. So I keep a core library of about 200 books now. And then when someone comes over and you're in a good conversation with them and you say, oh, I have just the book for you. Here, <laughs> take this with you. <laughs> Another thing I learned, tell me if you've, you've come to this, I never lend books anymore. Just give them. Just give them. Because yeah. if you lend it, you're expecting it back. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Right. You never get it back. Well, and if they love it, maybe they pass it to someone else. Or maybe they'll pass it to someone else. Yes. Now, you know Umberto Eco, the author. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard about his personal library? He's, he's dead now, of course. 30,000 books. Hmm. Someone walked in there and said, Mr. Eco. Have you read all these books? And he goes, of course not. That's not the purpose of a library. Mm -hmm. The purpose of a library is, I'm going to read all these books. <laughs> well, the purpose of a library, I think, is to share. That's so right. hopefully he let a whole lot of people in that space and let them explore. Too. Gee, I wonder if he did. I'm going to have to look into that. Did he give books away? Did right. he lend books out? So you're feeling optimistic. I am. Mm -hmm. Very much so. We've got a great team here. We've got um, you know really good product. Independent bookstores are strong right now. Yeah. And I and, and we're beloved by the community. Now let me go back to something that I alluded to earlier. You know, people saying, "Oh, reading is dead. Books are dead." You don't believe that? No, not in the slightest. Storytelling is one of our oldest technologies, yeah. and we've been writing books for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Of course, thousands. We've been writing books for thousands of years. Yeah. You can fix that. That was like maybe the dumbest thing I've said all day. <laughs> um, well, let's put it, it's the only dumb thing you've said all day. I don't even think it's dumb. No. It's something we do as human beings, and, and a computer screen can't compete with that. No. I mean, there's something innate about wanting to have a book in front of you and turn the pages. And falling asleep with it on your chest. <laughs> right. Right. Right there in that heart space. That's yeah. right. My guest this week has been Sam Eads. Uh, she is one of the investors in Morgan Stearns, the new iteration, the new incarnation of Morgan Stearns Booksellers. Uh, Sam is uh, the investor and the leader, one of the leaders here at Morgan Stern. Sam, thanks for joining us Thank on Big Talk. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.